welcome to the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast. Your hosts are Phil McGurk and Scott McFadden. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast is a roundtable discussion designed to bring a number of viewpoints on cleaning, carpet cleaning and restoration related topics together in one place. Hi guys, I'd like to uh, welcome our guest this week. Unfortunately, Scott is away on holidays um, and won't be able to make it this week, so I'm flying solo, but we should have a good show anyway. So today we've got Edward Chin and Nathaniel Flack from Fundamental Business Finances. So did I get that right? I hope I got that right. How are you? How are we going? Yeah, Phil, thanks for having us on. Hey, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. So just a bit of a background, I was... Uh, how I caught up with Ed, I actually caught up with Ed a couple of weeks ago. This guy is unbelievable. We like, we played golf for 18 holes, didn't whinge at me once, which was unbelievable. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. And uh, he carried me the whole way. So we did all right. We, we did all right at the end. And uh, we got a drink out of Ed because he didn't like mate the ladies a couple of times. So <laughs> I don't know if that story's been told yet. <laughs> So we had fun anyway. Yeah, that was the main thing. So, but anyway, I got to know Ed a little bit and what they uh, what they do for uh, for a job, and uh, it was quite interesting. I think it's quite good timing as well that uh, we're talking about with uh, Victoria just getting shut down for the next six weeks. The finances around a small business. So I thought I'd get you on and uh, just have a chat. So if you guys would just want to introduce yourself to start with, and then um, we'll just go from there. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll start. Um, I'm Edward Chin from Fundamental Business Finance. So been with Fundamental for about two and a half, three years now. Um, been in the industry for just over five. And yeah, just pretty much since then, servicing small to medium business owners and sorting out their finances. Yeah. Excellent. And what, what, does that, what does that involve? Sorry. Uh, more so just getting credit, um, restructuring a lot of their finances within the business and making them able to sort out their liabilities and all their overhead expenses and manage that. So. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, and now I'm Nathaniel Flack from Fundamental Business Finance. I'm the CEO and founder. I set up uh, Fundamental the almost uh, almost eight years ago now. So with, with the view that we saw this massive hole in the market where um, you've got a lot of bankers um, servicing and uh, a huge portfolio of customers and not just giving that customer service to the SME where they need it. And then you've got a lot, had a lot of mortgage brokers just dealing with home loans. But an SME has a wide range of finance requirements, everything from cash flow finance, yep. whether it be um, asset finance or equipment finance or whether it be commercial property. There's, um, so we created a, that, that, that one place where an SME can come to and get access to all their finance needs. The, the SME, small, medium? Small and medium enterprises. Enterprises. So. Small and medium businesses. So yep. we work with SMEs or small, medium businesses that's um, anywhere from startup. So if they're just literally trying to get in the game, yep. trying to get all of their um, equipment from day one, or we look uh, all the way up to um, that $50 million in revenue, um, we'll look at businesses larger, but um, yeah, we, we, we love helping that uh, small, medium business community. Okay. So, so what, what set you guys apart? Like you said, you started it up, have a finance background. So how do people find people like yourselves, your business, and what set you guys apart opposed to going to like the bank or something like that? What's, what's the difference? 
I think there's not much competition in what we actually uh, specialize in. Uh, like everyone knows, there are plenty of mortgage brokers, as mortgage brokers, and a lot of um, business bankers. Uh, with the two is mortgage brokers as are typically doing your residential home loans. Sometimes they will dabble in commercial property, um, mainly from clients as an investment. You know, they would invest it through their um, self-managed super funds or it's a investment portfolio that they're looking at. And your business bankers are the ones that are working in the bank that have their products within the institution they work in. Yep and try to tailor a solution for that um, small to medium business client with their limited product and um, scope. So we've kind of come in and have a very large panel of vendors. And this is the whole reason why I ended up becoming a licensee of Fundamental is with the huge panel of multiple lenders, we're able to tailor the solutions for these small to medium business owners and their businesses across the, what's available in the market. Okay. So, I, I mean, mean, just to add yeah. to that, if you try to walk into a bank, yep. you're, you're, it's almost potluck to get the right person that's going to service yeah. your industry to service your particular needs that you need as a business owner. And, and, um, and you know, there's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a very, in, especially in this um, you know, new COVID world, you know, to try and get the right lender for you. Um, you'd have to potentially knock on a lot of doors. So right. where our big point of difference is come to one place and we'll give you that credit and finance advice to be, and, and save a huge amount of time. And I think in business, time is what uh, a lot of owners and business owners are poor yep. of because they're so busy out there doing their job, turning over the till and uh, generating revenue, whether it's marketing the last thing they do is have time to actually walk into a bank and walk into a branch yeah. um, or even, you know, get a broker to try and come into their home. So, you know, yeah, it's yeah. quite, um, so where we do, we, we, we meet a lot of our business owners, um, it, especially in COVID, just like this over, over Zoom, yeah. whether, whether it be in a cafe or whether it be at their point of business. So, and during business hours as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it, is, it is that one of our point of differences that we, um, we we have access and give access to all of those panel of lenders, but to to an individual business owner. Yeah, and to add to that again, um, not only that, there are a lot of solutions that consumers just can't get that information on. You yeah. know, you walk onto a Westpac, what the Westpac business banker isn't going to be telling you a second or third tier lender that can provide a solution at a slightly higher uh, cost, but it is a, the best solution for their uh, problem. Yeah. So I guess. They can, with the information we have, it really could take a client three, six months and probably still not find the best solution for them. That, 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 that's one of the biggest things as a small business owner, I think, is uh, is that finance, you know? Like, it's uh, you've got your business name, you've got everything going, you go, well, how do I buy equipment? Who do I go see? And the problem I've had, I've, like, this is a personal um, hate of mine, really, is uh, I'm on my second business bank now and... Um, we, we actually just went through a deal trying to get finance and it took four months and there's still too many hoops to jump through. So we just paid for the equipment in the end. And that was like $115,000 worth of equipment that we had to cough up. So it's, um, it, it's one of those things I think with small businesses that I think banks don't actually understand how crucial it is to have somebody batting on your side, like especially with finances uh, and not even know through COVID, it's just 
with the uh, with our industry, the cleaning industry, it's up and down. It's it's highs and it's definitely some big lows. And thing is, we have to carry a lot of uh, we have to carry a lot of debt for the insurance companies as well. So yeah. I, guess, I know that was something you were talking about, Ed, when we were playing golf. I think it was about the sixth or seventh hole. You started saying something about you know this sort of stuff. So you're trying to sell me straight away. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's it is. It's one of those. It's one of those. Um, yeah, go into a bank and then you you got to make an appointment. So you got to make a new you know more time out of your business and it's a, it's a crazy system. So like even finance. Like how, how do you go about with? Um, you probably haven't dealt with the cleaning industry much, but it's like anything. You know, you you talk to someone enough and you get to know their business. How does it work with, uh, just say, a new business coming in opposed to someone who's established? Is there a time frame difference? Is it, you know, who, who's better off? Uh, I would say your established businesses in yep. this, especially in this climate. Uh, your startup businesses, which I'm actually assisting on a few now, are quite, it's quite hard to get funding for due to the banks not understanding why you would start up a business in this time right. unless you think the industry potentially like the cleaning industry is going to pick up a lot of traction due to the pandemic. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah. And definitely um, established businesses and non COVID affected businesses are easy to fund in this market. So it's still, um, you can still get funding for that. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's yep. still funding available out there for, um, and I guess with startup is, is you, you have to have a really good plan. You have to know what, what your startup expenses are going to be. Yeah. And are you doing a full start, you know, are you doing a, um, getting all your equipment now or potentially get half your equipment and lease some from, you know, from a third party provider potentially. Right. So, um, it, it is very much going, okay, what is someone's capability um, of their f- total finance position? We've still got funders in the consumer space that can fund on, you know, against their home loan for business purpose or against their, um, uh, using a personal loan for business purpose. So okay. we have some of those facilities around, but it's very much going with, we need to make sure that through, you know, we're, we've got a credit license. We need to make sure that their income is going to be wherever their income is today is going to be continued. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of rules and regulations around that, but in startup finance, it's, it, it is harder and it all depends on the spend, I guess, uh, on what that startup looks like. Okay. So I know when I was um, looking to get vehicle loans and stuff like that, I could get a vehicle loan under two years, but the interest rate was astronomical. So for me, it yeah. was sort of wait that two year process and it, uh, it become a lot easier. So <laughs> So I guess that's one of the uh, the struggles with having a small business, isn't it? It's, uh, when, how do you spend money? When do you spend money? How do you get the money to spend? And when's it coming in the door? So I guess what you said there was a business plan. So is that the first thing you look at when you take on a new client? Is it something like that? or? It's probably it's, we start at the asset and liability position if they're looking to go on a startup, a business. And the key question would be working capital. Um not only just from their business point of view, but their personal expenses. Okay. You want to ensure that they can afford their ongoing lifestyle and all their personal commitments while they're taking a stab at this you know, new venture that they're going into. From there, we'd also then look at the business plan, work with the accountants to uh, look at projections because we've also seen people starting business and think they're going to become multimillionaires mm. in a few months. And these projections just aren't realistic 
Yeah. So we need to have them verified and have some sort of research to back the numbers that they're projecting. Um, and that's probably what formulates a lot of our startup funding. We need to determine those two things to really stack up for them to get the required credit that they need to start their business. How long does that process normally take? If they have everything together, I would say what a good time frame somewhere between that four to eight week in this current pandemic situation, it can stretch a little bit, but I'd say if we set it in that what eight week term, time frame, that's probably okay. close. Yeah. Um, assuming that, but often we would find a client comes to us asking for a loan for a business and they don't have anything prepared. Right. <laughs> So, so what, what's a loan for a business look like? Is that something that they want to buy an established business or is that something well, they're signing up from scratch? Like, Yeah, how long's a piece of string? Right. It, can, it, can look at, it can look so many different ways. You know, um, If people are starting up, is it from scratch buy an acquisition? An acquisition with a business that's already trading, that already has revenue and has a good net profit, then that holds more weight then then obviously a startup from a you know maybe a startup franchise or a startup um business with a um with no contracts Mm. um and just on that with if someone was walking in to go get a contract with a large commercial firm like a like a you know walked into cleaner Woolworths or a Coles or um uh, you know those contracts with with a with a multinational or, or or a or a large corporate holds a lot of weight and, mm. and that actually becomes uh, um, easier to finance okay. than, um, than if you were just to deal with, say, a res- re- um, residential type cleaning model. Okay. So. so so we're at this um, stage now with lockdown. Uh, I know with Victoria they can't do anything at the moment, but let's just say one of these cleaners from Victoria wants to go into COVID cleaning. Um, how would they go about putting something together They've got an established business that obviously has gone down in the in the term now. Um, what sort of a plan would they have to put together for you know for equipment and materials or? Yeah, if it's a diversification, um, I think the word that a lot of businesses are using is pivoting. Right. <laughs> are they are they pivoting um, and and uh, looking for a different revenue stream? Yeah, I, I, I believe. One of the key things is put a schedule of what it costs to move there. Does it? Does it? Do you need all new equipment, or do you just need? Um, uh, do you just need a cash flow loan to help with that right. working capital to get there? So um, I guess understanding what that spend looks like. If it's um, maybe you might be able to help with what type of spend it would be to, to pivot to something like. Well, it that. might be just a difference in chemicals, some more PPE equipment, and maybe uh, some sort of applicator. I would imagine. You know, somewhere probably around. Five to fifteen thousand dollars, I'd imagine. And if they're already a trading business, then we've got lots of different options mm. to be able to do that. Um, if it's contract backed, then that can help as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if it's non-contract back and you've already got some revenue, we have a, a, a whole um, panel of cash flow providers. They can basically offer. You know, um, uh, we we can do if someone's just twelve months running um, with. Uh, a few bass statements we can fund up to 20 grand really quickly okay you know so so we have got some products in that cash flow space that can move very quickly to help a business pivot fund fund what they need and go go hard on a new revenue stream yeah. so yeah it's um there's a good opportunity there for people who are who are looking at looking at doing that 
that the cash up front you're talking about, they actually get the twenty thousand dollars in their bank and they can use it for wages or equipment, whatever they want. Is yeah. there is there anything for as far as the government side of things? Is there anything coming through to help them assist on that side of things as well, or not really? Or well, they've got the um, currently they've got the government fifty percent government back loan um, up until September thirty. Uh, when and they've also announced a new one beginning the first of October, where I believe it's one hundred percent government backed. So explain um, that. What, what's that about? Uh, it's essentially a loan backed by the government from bank, banks and lenders, which is up to a mill uh, and repaid over five years with six months uh, repayment free. Okay. That's um, as of the first of October. One, the one that's currently is up to two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, paid back over three years with six months uh, repayment free. Okay. It's essentially a bit of a stimulus to help the businesses manage their working capital during the this pandemic period. Yep. Um, the one that rolls over in October is obviously topped up. The one it, that's currently um, in uh, active and you can apply for is more so just for working capital. Okay. So from October 1st, that new government-backed loan will be used for any purpose. So they could use it to pivot their business, um, use it for expansion, marketing costs, uh, wages, buy new assets. It's what it's kind of a bit of a – whatever you think is beneficial to your business. Okay. And how's that mean tested then? Well, it is uh, it is um, gone through a normal credit process with the banks, okay. which we've seen uh, – um, some inconsistencies on how that mm. has been applied. So um, uh, we've seen, so I've had some clients get it really easily, get a full 250, but you're talking a client that's um, a well-run operation with, with obviously had that COVID affected and needed that working capital. I've had, um, yeah, some clients that um, just couldn't, obviously couldn't service a, a three-year loan having to pay back that in two and a half years. So it's it, um, we, we saw what was a um, uh, I think it was a twenty billion dollar stimulus that only well, only a few billion dollars went out the door right. I believe so um, it wasn't a package that actually the the first phase which is the up to two fifty didn't really um, meet the uh, yeah meet the mark I don't think and it didn't get money to to the the SMEs that need it. Um, I don't know what phase two looks like. It's too early to see what the credit, um, if credit's going to relax. But from the way we're seeing the majors, they're dealing with um, a a traditional view on credit. So I think that's why you can't just rely on your bank to give you the answer that you want. Um, it's important as well to know what your capability is before asking the bank. If, if you're turning over, you know, Ten twenty thousand dollars a month, and you go in and ask for two hundred and fifty thousand. Those two things don't add up. <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. it is. It isn't knowing what your capability is before actually putting any application into the bank. So you're talking about eight weeks for this to go through. So they should be coming to see someone like yourself now. Is that sort of where you're finding people, or? Well, the the actually that new all the new stimulus is still moving too fast for the business bankers that work in the bank. Right. So there's, we don't even have a hard set of criteria as to what they need uh, for the October one. Yeah, for the yeah. October one. Uh, the current one, I mean, if we get it in, we can probably have it turned around. If they've reached, the first go-to for the stimulus is always their own bank because they can see that new existing banking history. Yeah. But what we found with a fair few of our clients is 
they didn't qualify under their the, the bank's credit policy. Yeah. Um, so that's when we would have to use a second tier lender that's also part of the government scheme to actually get that through. And we can potentially look to turn those around in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple of weeks, even shorter. It all depends on the strength of the client and also the flow of the lenders. Like the lenders um, have gone through this huge upheaval where they threw a lot of resources from their front end sales division and bringing money to go help all of these deferrals that had to come through. Now we're starting to see a bit of a balancing come back out of the bank's um, workforce and come back into the sales. So yeah, it, it is. Um, it's always a moving target, and that's um, that's I guess our job to keep up to date yeah, with where that is. And and that's one again another benefit for is that we you know in this uh, small business finance we need to be across where the banks are up to. So um, and and put the best case forward to the banks and why you know, clients should get money. Yeah, yeah. What about those clients that actually have money that are owing and can't get access to it? Is there a, is there something that you guys have there that um, gives those uh, valuables? Who's owing the clients money? Sorry, their, their clients. Yeah. So if we've done the work and the clients are owing us large chunks of cash, um, like obviously that's means tested as well because obviously that money's supposed to be used for down the path. Well, it doesn't have to be means tested. It's actually um, in in um, uh, in that case, if your client owes you a lot of money, it all depends on the strength of that customer that owes you money. Right. So, if that customer was, say, an insurance company, or yeah. if that customer was a large corporate or a multinational, then that uh, that client, uh, then you could actually get an advance on your invoices that are owed that that, that are owed to you. Now, how's that work? Uh, well, it's a lot of people have heard the term debtor finance or invoice finance, yep. um, invoice factoring. It, yeah, invoice factoring. It has a few names for it, but it, effectively, it's bringing forward your cash flow. The, the the days of factoring, it's it's evolved a huge amount over over the last ten or twenty years, where factoring was a dirty word. Yeah. Now, 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 where it's evolved to is it's a very it, um, uh, a lot of fintechs have picked this up and being able to provide a really good solution to uh, SMEs to be able to bring their invoices forward. So how it works is effectively if your client owes you $100 or, um, and you could get um, 80% of that or $80 forwarded to you once you've completed that work and that work has been recognised, um, so you're bringing your cash flow forward effectively, whatever the terms of that invoice or contract is. Right. So if that invoice, say you have a, um, a terms or agreed terms that it's 30 days end of month and you start the job at the beginning of the month and finish at the beginning of the month and you're effectively waiting right. 45, 50, 50 days for that yeah. money, it's a long time to wait when you've got to pay some, maybe pay some staff or pay some bills or pay expenses. Yep. You can whatever work that you've completed as a general rule, you can actually bring eighty percent of that revenue forward. Okay. Now there's a fee to that. Is there a way we can get that fee back, or what's the what's the go with the fees? Yeah, there is, um, and that's in negotiation usually up front with with your customer as well. Is you might be able to, or your suppliers is yeah. going well. If you get your money quicker, maybe you can pay your supplier quicker, and ask for a discount or a cash discount by paying them. Because okay. everybody's got a, a cost of capital. So there's a way to recoup that funds, not necessarily from the financier, but from, you know, the, the, the whole pricing and of, the, of the job. Yeah, yeah. So what else is going on in the market? 
Oh, there's lots. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Um, well, benefits for small business owners. So what's what's the benefits out there at the moment? I think um, we'll just take it back one notch is, is what's happening in the market is every the word the word on everybody's lips is COVID, um, COVID-19 and how this is affecting small, medium businesses. Yeah. So, um, and how to, ma- I guess, how managing through all of this, this time, you know, different states have got, um, are in different situations. We said Victoria's in a total shutdown. Yeah. Um, New South Wales is is pretty shaky. Queensland, we're shutting the borders. Um, so you know, there's there's every every state's in this different um, uh, yeah in this, this state of flux. So I think it's um, and and you've got credit assessors sitting in um, with the banks sitting in Melbourne and Sydney in worst affected areas assessing Queensland and right. um, and 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 uh, South Australian or Western Australian applications. So there's this there's um, yeah, there's this confusion, I would say, in the market. But um, part of what is important is to have um, a clear strategy and a clear plan for when you go for finance and um, getting the right finance for the situation for a small business at the right time. Okay. Um, because, uh, yeah, just applying and hoping that you're going to get an application isn't, isn't a good strategy. <laughs> so what's that look like then? What's the, what's the basis to that? Uh, I think it's going to be dependent on each individual business, but just, uh, I guess an example I can use is with, without a lot of clients knowing, let's say you're in Victoria and you had a business that was shut down. You're looking to do a bit of restructuring, alleviate some cash flows. You had a five year term remaining on your loan, but you're looking to spread that out. So your repayments can be decreased. Um, there are certain lenders that have just said Victoria at the moment is we're, we're not touching it. Wow. There's a couple of lenders like that. And as a, you know, most clients out there that don't play it, that aren't working in the finance space, you wouldn't know who, who's doing that and who's not, you know, whereas some are going, well, yeah, we'll still look at Victoria, but we won't look at hospitality industry, yeah. but others will, oh yeah, we'll look at it um, depending based on the strength of the client. So we can pretty much pre-assess that before it has to go into an application. So instead of, you know, mm. clients just putting it in hoping for the best. That's right. Try and so, save some of that time anyway, that time wasted. So what else have we got going on? Let's have a look at my little notepad here. <laughs> um, personal growth and development as a business owner. What do you take away from the uh, from the business look like? You can put down the phone, look at emails. I'm not sure what I wanted to talk about there. I don't know. I wrote all these things out I was looking at. Right. <laughs> um, so I guess let, let's talk about some of the struggles. Um, let's talk about in, in, in our local area, Queensland. So we've got, um, uh, let's, let's say the carpet cleaning industry, um, trying to get equipment. So uh, a truck mount vehicle that sits in a vehicle, you've got two different loans. You've got a car loan, or you might have to buy a van, um, and then you've got a vic, uh, the actual machine, uh, which might be twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of machine, and then you've got all the accessories and stuff like that. Is that something that you look at as well? Or you look at the whole package or portions of the package, or how does that yeah, work? Definitely, yeah. We can um, usually. It depends on who's supplying it as well. Sometimes yep. you can get it all supplied from a uh, from a dealer or or. A, um, and and if that can be fitted all as one when you buy the vehicle, then we can we can package it all up as one finance application. Okay. Is that the better way to do it? What if you've got a second-hand van or something? 
it is a better way. There's um, a second-hand van. We might be able to uh, fund the van as separate first, or you may already have the van and yeah. you just need the equipment. So the equipment can be funded. So effectively, anything with the serial number okay. is, um, we, you know, that uh, can be funded. If okay. it's, used, it's used to generate a revenue and it's got a serial number. So any any of the machinery that um, that you needed to put in the car can have a finance contract when when I I'll, I'll vet that by saying it'll new versus secondhand is usually easier. Right. Um, secondhand equipment, um, depending on the age of it, can can actually get harder and more expensive to fun, um, to finance. Okay. And, and that also changes if it's not just vehicles and specialized for the industry. For example, your cleaning machinery that's being installed. If they're buying it secondhand, that becomes a more difficult thing to fund than if they're buying that cleaning equipment brand new Okay. because most finance and credit assessors, they don't know how to value that piece of equipment. So right. then the client would then need to pay for to, to get an asset valuation on that, you know, use specialized equipment right. from a banking perspective, we would assume it's quite hard to turn around and sell. Yeah. Okay. So, so you get a lot of stuff. Um, uh, we used to fit out carpet cleaning machines, uh, vans, and you like you got all hoses and stuff like that. They don't have serial numbers, but you need solution lines. You need extraction hoses. Um, yeah. So there's toll tools, upholstery tools. Chemicals. And when there's when tools of trade, um, there's a number of different facilities that we can use. Or if where some lenders have a buffer to say that any of those up to twenty five percent of the total finance contract can be used for all of those call it soft costs. Yeah. So if you've got um, uh, you know a fifty thousand dollar contract, and tw- you know twenty five percent of that fifty thousand dollar contract could effectively be tools of trade, soft tools without any of those serial okay. numbers. So again, um, yeah. So that would likely cover most of those hoses and yeah, okay, and, yeah, and, and fixtures. So yeah, we can cover those into it. Um, again, it also depends on where the client is at the current time in their uh, credit life yep. cycle and, and income, and the uh, the type of finance that they can get access to as well. So, but yeah, we have it usually. Usually, um, if they've got an ABN for two years and they own a home and they've got clean credit, then they can get access to a lot of these finance products quite quickly. Yeah. So um, we mentioned a time frame of eight weeks before. That's mainly in working with a, a startup. But if you, if a business owner wanted to come and just upgrade their equipment um, or just buy a new car, we can turn that around quite quickly within uh, within within a week. Yeah. yeah. So is it best, like, um, let's say my business, is it best to have you go through my business and have it all set up and I just give you a call, hey, um, Ed, I need some equipment. You know what I mean, is that is that the better way to, of the system, how it works? Or? Yeah, uh, well, most of our clients, we're not someone that just does a loan, turns around and we don't speak to that client for, you know, until they need their next loan. Yeah. We're often working with the client to better their situation. So, um for example, a startup that I would have helped in June last year, we went and had it all started up. They kicked off in, what was it, August? I think July, August. Then since then, they've been trading. We've been, I've been working closely with them to work, okay, at what stages does your income allow you to start deleveraging and making your business a lower risk uh, and lower those commitment levels so they can actually you know, start drawing a larger wage? Okay. Um, from there, like if 
this client turns around and says, oh, hey, I'm looking to buy a new car next week. I'm already well across their financial position to say, yeah. look, yeah, we should be able to get you a pre-approval for 20 or 30 grand for you to buy a car. I wouldn't recommend you shopping more than 30,000 because, because of that close working relationship. Yeah. We understand what's, uh, what position that um, clients are. So, so and the, yeah, the answer, so the answer to your question, yes, it is much better to be yeah. prepared than um, then go out and get an invoice and say I need this funded next week. <laughs> um, so that's what and, that's and, what we do, but and and, and, <laughs> and, and some um, uh, and yeah, business, business owners will do that. Yeah, too. I've got a lot of clients that just sends me the invoice because we already got all of the financials. <laughs> that's so that's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always work, let me tell you. So, <laughs> yeah. and and part of pre- um, preparing for that and going through all your information is um, doing serviceability, understanding your financials, but more importantly, is understanding your credit report. Mm. A lot of small business owners don't manage their credit report very well, <laughs> so you know they don't. Um, I'm not sure. Credit comprehensive credit reporting came in last year, so every consumer contract that you have is getting reported on whether you make a repayment on a month-by-month basis. That's right. Um, So um, understanding someone's credit um, or small businesses owners understanding their own credit report is absolutely crucial, especially in this market. And look, I think it's only a couple hundred bucks a year anyway. I think I pay for my credit report. So it's it's virtually nothing. But it's it's one of those things, if you don't know about it, you don't know about it. So it's... uh, what was I was going to say, oh, the um, the loaning criteria up to fifty thousand uh, dollars unsecured. Is that right? Uh, we can do up to one hundred, one hundred and fifty unsecured. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, all all based on cash flow. Um, so if we're doing cash flow unsecured loan, we can move um, with security, like a COVID or a second mortgage, we can move to five hundred thousand. But a lot of small business owners are around that hundred, one hundred and fifty. Okay. Um, and you can use that uh, for um, any business purpose um, inside uh, inside your business. So, um, depending on the term of what you go for, you usually can get up to three years now in this market. Um, so you got to be conscious. You're getting a hundred grand. If you get a hundred thousand, you've got to pay that back in thirty six months. Yeah. Most of these cash flow on secured facilities are a, a, a weekly payment. Yep. So it's taking money out of your bank account weekly to amortise and pay down that loan. Yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, good to know because uh, the, my bank account, my bank would only do fifty thousand unsecured, and uh, yeah, we had a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in equipment we had to yeah pay for. So it was a Pain in the ass. <laughs> that's, that's why I pay for it myself. I just I couldn't be bothered just going through the rigmarole. I tell you, so do I have one of me to wait three months after the first payment of fifty grand. I go, oh, this is ridiculous. So one of the good things about these unsecured loans, not sure if you know, outside of the banks, is you don't have to usually provide financials. Right. So it's literally you do you you, you send send a bank statement link. The lender has a look at your turnover for the last six months and makes a, an assessment based on your turnover that's wow. actually come through your bank account. That's <laughs> so pretty good in the sense of, you know, a lot of business owners, again, time poor, they don't put their financials as a priority, no. um, their tax returns as a priority because they're too busy making money. <laughs> well, we need to borrow then. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, we have that a lot where a lot of people just, 
don't know their credit situation. They don't have financials. So we often will work with the accountant, work with the client to actually build that whole profile for them. So we go and order their credit reports relate to the client. Actually, your credit's quite strong. Or uh, when we flagged your credit report, we found there was uh, one account that you consistently pay late for two days. And that just has a long-term effect. So uh, that will take you out from a lot of major lending. Yeah. Uh, working with the accountant, speaking to the accountant, saying, "Well, when is what? What does it look like that he do? He or she thinks that the business is in. Uh, are we going to get tax returns within the next month because the client wants money in the next month? Sometimes the accountant goes, "Well, the client hasn't supplied me X, Y, Z, so I'm waiting for them." So that's where you know the bank statement thing that we can do yeah. just expedites that process and gets that solution faster for the client. Yeah. I think it's, um, I mean, we've, we spoke about in previous podcasts where we're talking about having that strong network around you. And I think we sort of mentioned it off off air, but uh, we, we sort of become good at what we do and we think we're good at everything else, but we forget that there's actually professionals out there. And uh, I guess that's where you guys come in, you know. It's like, um, yeah, we don't know our finances, go to an accountant. We don't know our bookkeeping, go to a bookkeeper. And we don't know how to get finance, so go to someone who knows how to get finance. And... People are, I don't know, afraid to ask, scared to ask. I'm not sure. I don't don't know what it is. But, um, again, it's something that I really didn't know was available to our industry, like being cleaners, you know. It's just nothing really comes. So I think it's uh, what you guys are doing uh, on this podcast, getting it out to the guys out there. Look, anyone listening, um, we will have the the contact details for both Ed and Nathaniel. And um, feel free to – feel free to – I'm sure reach out. I'm sure they'll take your phone calls and emails and whatnot. So, um, so we just want to talk about now. Um, anything else that the government? You, you see that off air that you had a list of things that the government um, was offering. What are some of those things that they're offering for small businesses? Um, a lot of it is state by state. What we can do is we can supply uh, a link where I've sent out to a lot of my clients and yep. my contacts just with what's being available in, in each state. Um, it does vary and, you know, with this second wave coming through, hopefully the states will act accordingly and bring out new stimuluses moving forward as well. Yeah. Um, so you think, got, we've yeah. got the job keeper and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, so we've got, I've, I've got a table that we can send, uh, you know, and it's a forever, like it's a, it's a huge list of the different stimuluses at different, uh, at different levels. But I think the um, the key ones are um, you've got JobKeeper in there, and the, and that's as uh, as obviously well well reported around uh, in the media around what's available there. But effectively, it's um, what fifteen hundred a fortnight. Um, that obviously, and you have to have a thirty percent decrease in your in your revenue. Um, that's a big one. And um, you got your ATO getting your cash flow boost there. Um, you've had uh, the stimulus loan. Uh, a lot of um, uh, state governments have issued their own um, term loan or stimulus loan in the market. Uh, Queensland, um, I think that was called Q Rider loan, was uh, a ten-year loan okay. at uh, at two and a half percent with yeah. a first twelve months repayment free or something. So. so it was a ridiculous. It was a really good. Um, uh, stimulus loan. It, it's probably where the government should have gone, um, the, the yep. federal government, but the state government picked up and, and that was oversubscribed. Um, that went out the door real, real quickly. So it's not like you can go get access to it now. So, so <laughs> sorry to burst what, your bubble. What if we know people? Um, what if we know people? Yeah. Hey? 
<laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and and once once your revenue is starting to pick up and getting through the COVID and your 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 um the there's recovery signs that you need that COVID recovery strategy in your business. You need to know when you can come off your deferrals or whether you stay on deferrals if you are affected, but knowing that if you are in and you have deferred your current repayments, then getting new money is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. <laughs> so, um, I've, I've turned one of the nuggets here that we spoke that, that you put on your list is one of those nuggets is re, you need it, need to review or have a COVID recovery strategy for your yeah. business. Um, how do we do that? that? How do we do that? Like we don't even know when it's going to, we don't even know when it's going to end. Like it's just, <laughs> and, and you know, we've got, uh, you know, clients in South Australia where their second wave is more unlikely it's not, it's not a given, but it's unlikely because of the measures that they've put in place. Who knows what could happen? But I've seen, I've seen businesses there that um, have have come back to revenue greater than pre-COVID. Yeah. So every industry is different. Every customer is different. Um, and this is why it, it's more than ever, it's a case-by-case. Case. It's a very, you know, we've got to understand every unique situation. So Fantastic. Is there anything else you want to add in there? Um, on the nuggets is uh, probably just uh, we, we touched on earlier is the credit score and, and credit reporting. Yeah. Um, and anybody listening who who, um, who doesn't know what uh, hasn't pulled their credit report or, or um, doesn't know their credit score or, yeah. or any of their history, um, give us a call. We can help you out um, and and take start taking control of that 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 financial area of your business. And and that's one thing that we can definitely help with. And sooner rather than later as well. I think it's uh, yeah. and as you grow, um, those growing pains, uh, you know, they get they get bigger and bigger uh, with yeah. finance as well. So the quicker you can get in, the better you can get it sorted out. Uh, I think the easier it's going to be in later. So yeah. guys, putting, putting the head in the sand is yeah. A good even even if you haven't done your tax returns, or just yeah. go and see someone. That's I mean, especially at the moment now where there's uh, incentives for the government to sort of try and get you out of the, you know, out of these. And even in this, uh, you know, uh, even in this times, is if it's just a call, just to have a chat. You know, there's yeah. um, you know, business owners can feel quite isolated through these times. So even if it's literally just a, a phone call to have a chat and talk business and you know talk the market, just just we're happy that we're here to help. Yeah, absolutely. No, fantastic, guys. Can't thank you enough. Um, again, guys, we're going to. I'll put the information up both for Ed and Nathaniel um, on the podcast list. And if you want to get a hold of them, just please get a hold of them. They're great guys to talk to. Can't thank you enough for you know the hour, that, hour and a bit that you've spent with us. Uh, it's been great talking to you. And uh, we will definitely talk in the future. So, All right. thanks, thanks very much, guys. Ta. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, or surface, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in these podcasts do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast.
The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and all links referenced herein. Moreover, the Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elemental codes that manifest contaminating or destructing uh, properties. The Professional Carpet Cleaners and Restorers podcast expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.